Ron and Anian. Oh, well, hello, handsome. Oh, thank I you. love your voice. Oh, thank you, darling. So, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Mikey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that uh, it's going to be that kind of a show today. Doctor. The issue is everybody says, well, he's got a scan tool, then it must be that he can work on anything. And that's not really true. Some scan tools are better at certain car lines than others. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Indian, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. I'm a little hoarse today, and I apologize. I was... Well, I was I was out late Thursday night. Um, yeah, it was a it was a rough night. We went out for all night barbecue. Well, something like that. We went up to this place called um, Fink's Barbecue in Suffern, New York, and we were um, at, with myself. And I'm having a bromance with my friend Tony, who used to be the service manager at Toyota Newburgh, and um, we're talking about the auto industry and all that things have become and where will it go, and uh, just just good solid conversation before i knew it three and a half almost four hours had gone by and for me to go into dinner at six thirty and come out at 11 yeah that's kind of a late hour for me that's that was nappy time uh you know but uh, my voice still hasn't recovered i apologize it's uh it was good conversation though it was it was the things i had been thinking about that he has been thinking about that as i mean we're both 40 year veterans in this industry and what we've seen and the changes and you know where the important things are one of the things we talked about and i think i brought this up was about where will the technicians come from and are there any technicians out there and i said did you ever stop to think what a perfect storm the 1950s and 60s and 70s were for the development of automotive technicians and he said how so? And I said, well, what did you do in the 50s and the 60s? You built muscle cars. You built hot rods. It began in the late 40s and then after World War II, and that contributed to it also. You know, that was where a lot of performance packages, a lot of the guys who were maintaining the bombers came back trying to make cars go faster. Um, Halibrand. Look up, look up the history on Halibrand wheels. He was a um, – the fellow that started I – think, I think it was Richard Halibrand – um, H-A-L-I-B-R-A-N-D. I believe he he started offering a, spun aluminum wheels for the cars out of the Dry Lakes, runs out at El Mirage in California and so on, because lighter meant go faster. And he that's, that's, that's what Halibrand wheels were trying to do, make things lighter to go faster. But I said to Tony, I said, it was the perfect time. I said, you know, we were building hot rods and muscle cars. And a kid could go out and and buy a, a used whatever. And that continued for so long. You know, Mikey's looking at me, folks, and he's thinking now because last week I gave Mikey a Franklin Mint 69Z28. And he looked at it and he went, wow, that's really cool. I, I'd love to be driving that. And I told him, I said, 
35, 40 years ago, you would have been. It would have been that would have been the used car that you bought for eight hundred dollars sitting on a back lot somewhere that nobody wanted because it was a gas guzzler and it was the late seventies and we were at the fuel economy. But along the way, you would have learned how to work on that car, and you would have you would have made it you would have made it run right or made it run faster. Made it, it would have been your hot rod, and you would have tinkered. And then somewhere along the way, somebody would have hired you as a mechanic, and that would have been your career. And and that's what I meant in talking to Tony. We 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 don't nurture that. You know, we 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 try these programs. There are trade schools out there, and you know they're doing their best. But it's not the wholesale volume of nurture mechanic that it was forty years ago. And that's why it, it's 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 a little frightening. To look at the grayheads, as I call us, that are going to retire soon—not anytime soon, but you know, within 15 years—a lot of whoever is working on cars today, if they've been doing it 35 years, in the next 15, that's 50. They're gone. They're retired, or they're permanently retired. Uh, you know, so who will work on the cars? And we talked about that. We talked about technology. He's a Tony, Tony has retired from being a service manager, and now he's a, he's a rep for Hunter Wheel Alignment Hunter Tire Service. And we talked about some of the technology that Hunter brings to the marketplace, as they always have, and what they're doing with their alignment machines and how an alignment isn't just an alignment anymore. It's You're going to align the wheels. You're going to align the cameras that are on the car that control the ADOS, the automatic driver assist systems. You're going to align the components of the self-driving car because anytime that car gets aligned, which way the wheel points, which obviously is a big part of wheel alignment, is is going to affect which way the cameras look and and, and how that's affected and, and, and the technology that's there. I worked on a, we did an oil change yesterday on a 2019 Hyundai Sport that that it was a Santa Fe uh, limited, ultimate lim- uh, limited. It was a forty thousand dollar car. I asked the customer, and I was thinking of Tony as I was as I was looking at this, the technology that's in that little sand, that little Hyundai, Hyundai. Um, you know, the display screen. It has heads up. It has heads up display, meaning. That as you're driving, the speedometer and the odometer are projected two feet out onto the hood, so it's always in front of you. It's that holographic ex- extension of the dashboard. The screen to the right shows you not just tire pressure, vehicle information, but it's they split the screen. There are two cameras mounted in each side view mirror. And they give you a complete surround view of what's around the vehicle. And that technology is just huge. Look at what they're doing. And who's going to fix that? Well, maybe they don't need mechanics from the 60s and the 70s anymore. Maybe they don't need the old guys anymore. Maybe they need the kids that, you know, click, 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 pushing buttons. Maybe. But they still have to know mechanicals. They still have to know down and dirty how the engine runs. Tony asked me, he said, so how did you learn? He goes, what was your first earliest memory? And I said, you know, I remember being 14. 
and working on my first engine. And at that time, nobody explained squeeze suck blow pop to me, intake compression power exhaust, the four strokes of an engine. I just knew that to get the car to run again, in my in my young mind, I had to make it smell like an engine. I equated smell to, you know, if if you walked up to it, lifted the hood, hit the carburetor, cranked it over. They always had a smell to them as they were as they were trying to to run, and I had to make it smell like an engine, right? And I I knew to take things apart as I took things apart. You always put them back the way you found them. And I made my first mistake on that car that. I set the distributor 180 degrees out, which you could do, right, if you didn't know what suck, squeeze, blow, pop was. And it took me a little while, but I figured it out. And then I realized it was more than just smell. It was the mechanics of how something lines up. And I guess the technicians today can do that, but it comes at a very expensive cost because, you know, in the day I was playing with mechanical things, distributors that were out of sync, or, or maybe the timing chain was off a tooth, or maybe it was off 180 degrees, in which case you'd have to crank the distributor around to compensate for it, and you could do that. The last job of the day this week, Friday, was a 2018 Ford Explorer. Well, actually, I'll take it back one step. It was a 2009 Ford F-150. It was the second to last job of the week. And I had to do a reflash, and to do a reflash, I had to hook up my Ford IDS, my 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 Ford dealer level scan tool, and 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 flash the software, install new software in the vehicle. It had a problem with setting a fault code for O2 sensor issues running lean, and on top of some O2 sensor replacement, they also wanted software updated to the latest, greatest, most current version. So it was absolutely part of the repair. You had to do it. You had no choice. The problem with that scan tool is it's always requiring an update always there's there's one that comes out every two to three weeks you're always adding software so i had 112.01 in it and i had to go to 114.01 because i hadn't used it in a month and a half and i get halfway through the flash and there was two modules I had a flash. I had a flash, the powertrain control module, update the software in that. And then as a result of that, it also called for the trans control module to be updated. Well, it updated the powertrain control module, the PCM. And as it was moving over to, to lock onto and get into the TCM, the trans control module, the computer crashed. The software, the, the, the actual program, the IDS software, failed it locked up and i came up with an error message test man which is ford ids um, has encountered a, a a failure and will now close out well wait a minute i'm in the middle of a software install you know it's 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 as bad as or maybe worse you know you ever have your computer crash when it's doing a windows update same thing except you're not going to throw the laptop out or the, the the hard drive out it's the whole car i ended up rebooting the laptop and talking to tech support, I was able to roll back 114.01 because after the comment of, oh, yeah, that's been happening. There's a problem with the software update. Great. And you guys let this out. I rolled it back to 113.01, and it, 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 it worked, and I got out of it. Technology is expensive, and it, it's tedious, and it's time-consuming. And technology is the way forward. It's the future. 
it's it's not what Tony and I talked about Thursday night into the wee hours about where we came from. It's technologies about where this industry is going and where the country is going as a whole, because it's going to look very, very different if there's no one to fix them and the line goes around the block because that block only extends so far. It's going to be a very interesting time the next 10 to 15 years. 855-560-9900. Ron Anini, The Car Doctor, here at the helm. I'll be back right after this. on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to Ron. hey let's get over and talk to pim in florida 16 rav 4 and uh, or 15 rav 4 and a break uh break problem pim welcome to the car doctor how can i help hey ron um long time listener thank well, you sir um started from nowhere to listen to you and i'm doing a lot of stuff myself now so i really appreciate that um but I have two quick questions for you. So I recently replaced the brakes on my wife's car's RAV4. Um, I didn't do the rotors because I know you always said to do them, but I looked at them, and um, they, they seem fine. I'm sure they were probably warped somewhere. But I'm now getting uh, out of the uh, passenger side front tire, I'm getting a heat coming off of the tire, like kind of a almost like an obnoxious heat. Um it doesn't really, nothing's glowing, so it's not, I don't think it's like a stuck caliper. I'm just not sure if that's the pad, um, just kind of getting used to the old rotor, or if I should just replace the rotors. Well, let's 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 look at it like this. You, you did front brakes, back brakes, or all four? I did all four. Okay. So, the right front wheel is the only one that seems to be hotter than the rest? Yes. Okay. And you did you did what we call a pad slap. Right, you just did pads all the way around, no yeah. rotors. Okay. Yeah, correct. So defend your theory, all right? If you think it's the pad, why is it only the right front? Right? Um, yeah, you're right. And that's why I wasn't really sure, but I guess my – when I took her pads off, and that's why I'm kind of kicking myself. I should have done rotors, like you always say, but, um, like, the both sides of the pad were kind of worn and – different uh a different amount so that's why i don't know if the war the rotor was warped and that one just warped more than the other one well so so when you took this apart the right front brake pad had more wear to it than the left front no i mean like you know the brake pad is split into the two two sides right. one side was worn down a little bit more than the other side oh you you mean on the same on the same pad the front half of the pad was worn more than the Correct. bottom okay so, so when you put this back together, when you did this brake repair, did you clean, you know, the hardware or replace the hardware and, and, and lube the slide so everything moves? Yes, I pulled the slide pins out. I put lube on those. Yeah, I replaced all the mounting hardware, the brackets. Okay. I cleaned everything with brake clean. Okay. Um, when you put the pad into the, into the bracket, it went in nice and easy. It, it wasn't hung up. Yeah, it went in real okay. easy. Yeah. So what I'd like you to do is there, there's two things I think you have to do here. I don't necessarily think this is rotors. I, I'm not a fan of pad slap because the, 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 the scuff of that new rotor 
understand and you know the way brake manufacturers make pads they 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 want a certain amount of break in to happen on the vehicle so right. you know when you when you buy a rotor and put a new rotor on with that brake pad if you ever notice it's it's got a it's got a nice crosshatch finish to it or it's got a little bit of a rough surface what what they're counting on is that 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 roughness that coarseness is scuffing the brake pad and it's it it causes the brake pad surface I, I think of it as boiling, but it's not. It just raises the, the, the temperature of the pad and causes the resins, the glues, the fibers, everything that holds that pad together to come to a quick boil. And it helps, it helps solidify things and cure the pad in its final step after manufacture and, and, and make a better, a better brake pad, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's, that's why I say do a rotor. Uh, you see, in, in Florida, maybe you'll get away with it in Florida because like you, you don't really get any snow where you are in Florida, right? Like snow, what's that? No, no. You know, up up here in New Jersey, you know, we hear snows coming in November. They've already got salt out on the roads in July because they're they're getting ready for the you know the snowfall that hasn't happened for five months. So the corrosiveness that's the, the corrosive materials that are being applied to brake rotors and undercarriages of cars. In, in the Northeast, in the Rust Belt, and in all the states with their snow, it's huge. You might get away with it in Florida as far as, you know, the rotor's not corroded, but you still lose the break-in factor. Okay. That being said, what you probably have going on here is a caliper that's dragging, even though you don't, you don't realize it. What I'd like you to do before you spend any more money is spend more money. Go buy um, either, you know, a, a, an infrared heat gun or a, a, a temperature gun. You, you can buy them. They're under 100 bucks now. And, it, you know, they'll work on the car. They'll, they'll work around the house. I fixed my wife's dryer. I found out the dryer at the house was leaking out the front gasket uh, one time. So do that. Make a temperature comparison side to side. And then, um, then probably end up putting a caliper on it. I think that's where you're headed. Call me back if you have any other problems, Tim. I appreciate it. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's back right after this. Running the end of the car, doctor. Um, Tom, did you know? Now wait a minute. You've never done this before, where you've actually given me something to give away without holding out on me. Well, we gave you something to give away um, because you get upset whenever uh, Mike or I install it on our cars. Well, it's, you know, this week we're giving away a Super Chips Dash Pack Plus, a uh, a tuner. So neither one, neither one, neither, neither. Both of you aren't going to try to forget, I'm a radio engineer. When you say tuner to me, I'm assuming it's something that can receive a signal. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> if, if we don't hand it out this week, you're going to get a signal, but it's not going to exactly be uh, uh, something you want to receive. Is that a signal so, you're giving me right now? Yeah, that's a, a signal. hand signal. Yeah, it's a hand signal. <laughs> so uh, this week we're giving away a Super Chips Dash Pack Plus, 5-inch high-def screen, upgraded processor, quicker read-write times, and uh, high refresh rates. You can custom tune your vehicle just the way we used to tune hot rods in the old days. So we'll be giving that away this week. Uh, Super Chips Dash Pack Plus. You can find more information online at superchips.com. Also up on our Facebook page. We put up a post there on Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. So uh, sometime this hour or next, uh, Tom and Mikey's decision of the judges is final. Let's get over and talk to Carla in Wisconsin. Carla, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Hi. Well, 
Um, I have a Pontiac G6 2009, 80,000 miles. Okay. It's been a great been a great car. Um, you know, I've had a little bit of repair work done on it, but nothing nothing major. Um, about a month ago, I'm I I go to work. I'm only like four miles away from work, so I'm in town most of the time. So I'm not you know hitting the gas or anything like that. Um, but I do pop onto the interstate for about a quarter of a mile. And I noticed about a month ago when I step on the gas, once I'm hitting the on-ramp, I hit the gas, and all of a sudden, it's like the car is jerking. It's like if you're sitting on an airplane in a flight and you got that kid behind you hitting your seat, mm. you know? Yeah, I had, That's that. What it feels I, I had like. that. I had that once. Uh, yeah, so once, so that that, that that once that that kid went out the window. Um, uh, is it is it like you're driving over the rumble strips on the side of the road? Is it that sharp bucking action? Yes, it. it I mean, it, you, when I, I had my mom and my aunt in the car, and both of them, when it happened, they were like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" You know. Is it um, is it is it so worse it, with more people in the car? That you know, the, the more weight in the car, the not that mom and your aunt are, you know, but you know what I'm saying. It's just uh, they they won't hunt me down, will they? If they hear me say that. Um, no, no, no. Uh, okay. No, no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just when I hit the gas, when I'm going through town, you know, just at you know, twenty five, thirty five, forty miles an hour. It's okay. At most. It's fine, okay. but when I hit on the when I step on the gas, it does that, and then but once I get up to like seventy, eighty, then it goes away. You know, it doesn't do it, and it's not constant. Right. It's just and there's no, no and there's no dash lights coming on. No, no night, no lights, no nothing. Okay. So what I did was I bought a thing of fuel injector cleaner because that's kind of what it feels. like. It doesn't feel like the transmission is slipping. Hmm. So what I is, put that in there, and it seemed to help a little bit. Okay. Well, what does a what does a slipping transmission feel like to you, Carla? Well, I had one go out on me before, and it it's just like you're you're putting on the gas, and it's just not going anywhere. It's like it's just okay. You're sitting there idling, kind of, and and the last time when it happened to me, I. I luckily was able to drive it once last time, but I couldn't stop at any stoplights. So I made a lot of mistakes, and luckily there were no cops around because well, I couldn't stop it. I, I always like to the guy that fixed it. I always like to think I've never made mistakes in life. I just had learning opportunities. So when you when this when this happens, right? As yeah. I asked, and you said, this is as if you were, you know, on the shoulder of the road, those rumble strips that are cut into the road, that that bump, 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 right, as you accelerate. Is is that what it feels like? It does feel like that, but it's not constant. Okay. Oh, like, it can be 5, 10, 15 seconds apart. Okay. So, the next time it happens... And, you know, it'd be great if we, we had some code scanning done just to see is there anything pending or about to happen. When you when you turn the key on before you start it the next time, turn the key on, don't start it, take a look. Do you see the service engine light? Does, does, okay. Uh, we call that bulb check. Let's make sure the light works before we go any further, just for the heck of it. It's, an gotcha. old, it's, it's, it's almost 10 years old now. Maybe the bulb burned out and there's codes in there and you don't know it. But one one thing at a time do that the next time you can get it to happen on the off ramp or on the on on the on ramp if yeah. if you tap the brake pedal while you're stepping on the gas see if it goes away oh. 
Okay. And if it does, what that tells me is, I don't want to tell you this, you're going to get upset. Oh, no. It's in the trans. No. Yeah, I know. See, I could tell. I'm sorry. No. See, what, what happens is, did you ever have a mini bike as a kid? Yes. See, I, I knew you were one of those. You were a mini biker. I could tell. Did you ever look at how your clutch worked on your mini bike? That centrifugal clutch yeah. where the where the shoes locked out against the steel drum. Uh, and that's how your torque. That's how the torque converter works in your Pontiac. And yes. and those 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 shoes that lock out against the drum are starting to get worn. Chatter, 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 chatter. That's what you're describing so, to me. So, if, mm, the next question could be, what color? What color? Yeah, of your new car. What do you like? So you're telling me it's not worth fixing. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we got to have that conversation. You know, this is... This is like dating. It's, we got to decide: Are we going to go on any further with this car? Because it's it's starting to show you a rough patch. Um, you know, it's just it's 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 just starting to rear its head. It's ten years old. It's got how many miles on it? It's only got eighty thousand. Well, only it's got eighty thousand miles on a ten-year-old car from a car company that's obsolete. And yeah, you can right. get, you can get parts for it, um, but it, it hasn't been in Florida. It's been in snowy wonderful wisconsin where you know the last drop of snow probably went away i heard two weeks before memorial day uh you know so it's been in a rough environment for 10 years and you've got to do a complete vehicle evaluation because if this does turn out to be a transmission well you know you're ready to put three grand in the car i got a guy who can do it for 12. Well, well, what do you think about that? Well, I'd be a little afraid. Um, you know, it's like I can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. Or I can go to the steakhouse. I want to go someplace in the middle. Um, you know, it's it's. How is he doing it for twelve? He's working out of his garage. No, no, it's a, it's a guy that loves. Um, he does transmissions. He okay. did the last one in that. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, it's it's possible if if he can do it for twelve, and you know, it's a it's 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 a deal for you, and yeah. I mean, sure. Just so long as there's so long as there's a warranty, it's done professionally. You know, care and consideration yeah. is given to you know flush the cooler and do some of the other things, which I'm sure he does if he does transmissions for a living. But you know, in in New Jersey dollars, that trans is three grand, thirty five hundred bucks all day long. All right. So you know, but do that. Try the brake test. If that makes it go away then what that's telling you is the trans will dump the converter, unlock the converter, uh, as soon as you hit the brake in any application. Because if you were braking and you pulled up to a stop sign and the converter stayed engaged, it would be like a, a clutch car, manual trans car pulling up to a traffic light. If you don't depress the clutch, the car stalls. Same thing would happen to an automatic. So by stepping on the brakes, you're now breaking the converter clutch. You're, you're, you're turning it off. And if that changes the way the car operates... Then at least you know where you're going. Right. So one quick question, if you don't mind, if, Real, if I do nothing and just drive it, eventually the trans is, is going to come. Eventually, if it is the trans, it's going to come apart. So at least you'll know yeah. what's bad. It'll be easier to diagnose <laughs> when you're stuck on the side of the road um, because the car <laughs> won't go anywhere. So, but um, you know, 
Try it with the brake switch. See what happens. Um, what I would tell you to do is the last thing. Just get the whole vehicle evaluated. Have somebody go through it, do a, do a, do a full, stick out your tongue and say, ah, uh, back to front. Look at the brakes. Look at the suspension. Look at the tires. Look for rust. Look at brake and fuel lines. Look at the entire car and then decide, is it worth it to stay with this car? And I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying before you spend any kind of serious money on a 10-year-old vehicle, you just want to make sure the rest of it's there with reasonable care and caution. Can you get another five years out of the car? So, um, but uh, that's how I'd approach it. I appreciate the call, Carla, and uh, good luck to you. And I'm sorry to uh, break your heart. I think I did. I'm sorry. Um, 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming right back. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor. Let's get over to Maryland and talk to Vanessa. Vanessa, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi. Um, so, I have a 2011 Ford Fusion, and it has 118,000 miles on it. Okay. And I've been divorced for a few years, and since I've been on my own, I really haven't done hardly any, I haven't done any maintenance to it at all. And um, aside from, you know, when the light comes on and it's time to get the oil changed or something, I do do that. But I feel like I need to take it in for some type of overhaul. But I don't want to walk into the mechanic and just say, what should I do? I okay. mean, I, you know, I want to be informed a tiny bit at least. Right. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So there's 118,000 miles on it. So if we were standing at the shop, my questions to you would be, did you ever do a 90,000-mile service to it? And you're going to tell me no, correct? Correct. And, and then did you ever do a 60? And the answer, um, the, the answer there, I'm going to guess, is no? Probably not. Okay. Last time I was in there, they talked about spark plugs or something. But right. So, you know, okay, and, and, and no. the, the point I was trying to go to is cars are like people. There are certain things you do with certain miles and ages. All right, you you know, you're, you're going to look at the car from an age and a mileage perspective. And it's a good idea for something of this age. It's, it's an 11. It's it's going on eight, going on nine years old. It's got 120,000 miles on it almost. It's a good idea for mm -hmm. something of this age. You know, how many miles a year do you go, Vanessa? Um, I don't know. 10,000, 15,000? Yeah, I mean, not far. Okay. I don't drive a lot. Okay. And, and, and sometimes the not drive a lot is harder. <laughs> you know, sometimes the not drive a lot is harder than the drive a lot. You know, it's it it, okay. it, it, it it it's so it's so what, what I'm getting at is, um, you know, this is the kind of vehicle that once a year you want to do a stick out your tongue and say, ah, oh, you want to have a checklist done to it. You want to have somebody look at brakes okay. and tires and suspension, look at the exhaust. It, it would be a good idea to do. A, uh, all right. It would be a good idea to do a code scan. All right. You know, it's 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 about getting an annual physical. All right. And my second question is, do you have a regular mechanic, or are you quick lube oil changing this, or who's doing the maintenance? I do have a regular neighborhood place okay. that has been servicing for several years. All right, and you obviously you trust them. I like them. I do. Okay, good. That's good. I mean, within reason. No, right. I don't know them personally. Right, but, you know, it's... It's real important today for for what cars are in terms of, you know, they're so important to us. There are safety. There are there are our, our means to get around. There are legs that we've got to go someplace mm -hmm. that we're confident in what they're doing. And a, it's being done right, and b, it's needed. 
So ask them the next time you go in, do you guys offer any type of a seasonal checklist, a physical vehicle inspection once a year? And if so, how much does that cost? You know, it's probably somewhere between 35 and $75, depending upon the level of, of, of intricacy as far as what they're doing. But cars require, cars require certain things at certain mileages by what the manufacturer calls for and then by their environment, all right? The, the car that's up in, you know, well, Maryland is kind of a, a snow belt state. You guys get a fair amount of snow and corrosiveness and, uh, you know, yeah. winter, winter material, as we call it. So, you know, you're going to treat that car a little different than the car in Texas. And, and, and that becomes an issue. I'll tell you what, Vanessa, stay put, stay put right where you are. Let me pull over and take this pause. And when we come back, we'll talk, we'll talk further about this. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. Vanessa, you're still there. Vanessa? Yes, okay. Um, you know, one of the things to also keep in mind is, you know, ask your mechanic, talk to your mechanic. Hey, you know, the car is getting older now. Are you guys geared towards this? Are you able to continue to work on it and deal with it in, in its in its in its in its not old age but older age? Uh, you know, we we take we take babies to a different type of doctor than we do when they're thirty. Than we go to when we're seventy and eighty. You know, so as cars age, sometimes um, not every mechanic's going to work on the older car or the newer car. And and you know, there's different levels of technology out there. And, you know, that's okay. something that's something to think about, too. And, you know, have a candid conversation with them, uh, you know, and listen, it's not that you have to know them personally, but the more you talk to your mechanic, the more the more you will know who they are. All right. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to take care of the car, they've got to be able to respond to your questions. And, you know, they've got to look at this. They can't do. If the mechanics are doing blanket statements, every car needs X at this mileage. They're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay. you know, what manufacturers put out is a guideline. It's, you know, at, at 120,000 miles, the car is going to need spark plugs. Will it? Yeah, probably will. And there's no getting away from that. But not every car is going to need uh, half the things that are in those maintenance lists. To me, it's, it's suggested or topical. Hey, don't forget to look at this. Don't forget to look at that. It's things to be aware of. So one of the other things you may want to do, Vanessa in Maryland, is take a look at the websites. Go out to FordParts.com or go look for FordPSN.com, Ford Professional Service Network, because a lot of what Ford Motor Company is doing for the older car, as well as the newer car, is they're offering ways for people to get direct OE Ford parts and information, and for the repair shop, it helps them out. So if you are if you want to take a look at that, you can consider that, FordParts.com. I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Why, why, why?